0: the Lord is our hope. He is the blessed hope. He is the hope of our salvation. He is everything. He is all in all. And God is good. And all the time. Amen. Well, before y'all know it, we're going to have y'all clapping, amen. You know, I was doing some, I love research, um, and I, I looked into this, and this morning, bright and early, I get up, and I was thinking about just Louisville in general. And how many Christians, is professing Christians in Louisville, Kentucky, And you got a little over 600,000 people within the metro and Jefferson County, the surrounding area. Since we've merged everything together, it's just Louisville to me until we hit Odom County Prospect. We're all Louisville. So at about 600 and something thousand people. And the research, the latest data from last year said about 52% was professing Christians. Now, rewind less than 48 hours ago, I sure couldn't tell on Black Friday. I really couldn't. You know, people run through these stores like mad men and mad women and trying to get the best deals. And I was just baffled at the way people acted. But again, they're professing Christians. So my prayer is that you yourself, if you was out on Black Friday, was a great ambassador and representative of the Christian faith. I pray you didn't cuss somebody when they didn't get your cameras down or you had to stand in that long line and the lady was returning something and couldn't find her receipt. Sounds like I was in a line this week, and I was. And I had to be reminded, William, your walk is on display you don't know who's watching you. You never know. So we're going to shift gears because of Advent. You know, the last couple of weeks we've been talking about tithes and offerings and giving unto God. And just really did a lot of praying. I was really going to ride that all the way out, all the way through till Christmas. And God was like, no, I really want you to get into the season of Christmas and walk the people through it. So, if you have your Bibles, I I want you to, it's not going to be on the monitor yet, but go on and get in John chapter 12. The Gospel of John. You got Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. John is one of those great books. John has a lot of layers in it. You know, And this chapter, I want you to write this down on the top of your Bible. I must read this chapter. Today read it John 12 from verse 1 all the way through Read it thoroughly Because in John 12 we're gonna we're gonna fast forward we're gonna be up in verse 31, but we're not there yet I want to give you some background of what's going on here in verse 3. We have Mary washing the feet of Jesus Verse 10 you have the plot to kill Lazarus Verse 19, you got the triumphant entry into Jerusalem. The Pharisees get ticked off because people are starting to want to follow Jesus and not their ways no more. So they're getting aggravated. This has messed with their their monies and everything of that nature. And then in verse 20, you have the Greeks. They are wanting to see Jesus now. Verse 26, Jesus gives the invitation to follow him. Verse 28, again, we hear the voice of God responding to Jesus. And all of this is pointing to the climatic event of Christ's advent on earth, the reason for his coming and what he came to do. All of this points us there. Scripture's always leading us to why Christ had to come, why we celebrate Advent. And I want to remind you this morning that Jesus, he truly is coming back, friends, but not like he arrived the very first time. That's not how he's coming back this time. He's not coming back on any sleigh being pulled by some reindeer. But Jesus Christ, the Messiah, is coming with a shout. And he's coming through the clouds. And it's going to be in a time that no one knows. This is why we celebrate Advent. For the coming of the Messiah coming back. For the Christians, we have it made We have it made. See, one day that trumpet shall blow. And the dead in Christ will be the first to go. And then us believers will be shortly behind those. Can I get an amen this morning? God is good. Jesus will one day return. This is our hope. This is what we rest in. This is where we can find an assurance. See, in the first advent, their hope was one day a Savior would come. Now, friends, in our time, as we wait upon the second advent, we celebrate the hope of his return. See, that's why we're going to celebrate Advent. We're awaiting upon his return. He's done came once, but he's coming back, friends. He's going to round up the troops. Man, that is good news. Oh, but friends, if you're without hope this morning, if you don't understand that personal relationship with Jesus, we've got good news for you. Truly, good news means gospel. But we've got great news. You have came into the right place at the very right time. So I hope you've marked your Bibles. I hope you're already there in John chapter 12. Would ask out of reverence for the Lord Jesus Christ and his holy word if we could stand for the reading of God's word this morning. Picking up in verse 31 again, we're only going to unpack two verses here. It says, now is the judgment of this world. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out. And I, when I am lifted up from earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to show you by what kind of death he was going to die. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, as we come before your throne of grace this morning. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would just magnify yourself in this room, glorify yourself in this room. May you do what the scripture says you will always do. Point and lead people to Jesus and hide this pastor behind the cross. May nothing of mine go forth in everything of you, sweet King Jesus. And all of God's people said... You may be seated. So this morning, I want to start off Advent way different than most churches are. We're going to start our way all the way to the cross. And over the next few weeks, I pray that you come back because we're going to walk backwards in time. Because without his birth, we have no savior. For someone to be born is someone to die. But Christ paid the price. So this morning as we begin, it is important for us to realize that the world around us needs to be confronted with the cross of Christ. Truly. Needs to be confronted with it. We need to make it our goal as individuals and as a local church to bring people to the cross. Because when we do that, God the Father's going to use it. He will use it. He will use it to draw people. It's through that old rugged cross. And God is going to use the cross to bring people, to draw people to Jesus Christ. And friends, they will be saved. They will be. You lead them and let Jesus feed them. We are not the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we tend to act like it, but we're not. We got to let God do the work. We just be a mouthpiece. I pray that every time someone sees us walk in a room, they say, man, them guys from Vision of Hope or them ladies from Vision of Hope because all they talk about is Jesus, 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 Jesus. And they don't care if you get mad, shake them, cuss at them or whatever. They tell you, I love you and Jesus loves you too. This is why Emmanuel came. God with us. Not God against us. See, the world will tell us, man, you're God's this way and that way. And I say, no, friends, you need to look at scriptures. I I had a brother in here, and, and, man, we was talking about these things. And I said, bro, I said, what I love to do is, man, when things start getting sideways and dicey, and they say, what about your God on this, and what about your God on that? I just take them to the scriptures. And then politely say, I'm done. Don't argue with me. Argue with him. It's his book. Not mine. It's his words. Not mine. I'm just an ambassador for him. I'm just a mouthpiece. Man, as I'm watching that little light flicker, truly reminded of that song, this little light of mine. Oh, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. That's all we got this little light of mine I don't have your light and you don't have mine but the one thing we do have in common is the blessed hope Jesus that's all we have and the cross carries the message of love the cross carries the message of love See, in the cross of Christ, we see the love of God expressed in a way that it cannot be expressed in any other place. No other place can it be expressed. You say, how's that, Pastor? Well, in Romans chapter 5, in verses 8 through 11, it says, But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners. His love for us in that while we were still sinners... More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Because when Emmanuel came to be with us for the believers, we have God dwelling on the inside of us. If you've repented, been regenerate, you are signed, sealed, and delivered by the Holy Spirit of God. That's good news, friends. Man, that's good news. No matter how wretched you are, you say, brother, i got to clean up. That ain't what the scripture just said. It says, while we were still sinners, even in your ugliness, even in your mess, even when you say, well, I'm doing something behind closed doors nobody should know about, and they don't need to know about, guess what? God sees it. God still loves you. He's just separated from you in that time. And what you need to do is repent, 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 and turn from your evil, wicked ways and go back to the cross. because God sent his very best on that cold night when the stars were bright. That cold, cold night. That little mama heard that whimper. Had no idea what she was holding. She just knew the angel of the Lord came to her. And she knew to do the best with what she had. Many parents, they feel ashamed because there's times that their kids do something and they don't know what to do. Well, look at Joseph. He covered up for his baby, he took off with him. He protected. Parents, protect your little ones, protect them. God has entrusted you with them. Protect them. Might not do everything you like, and that's okay. But your job is to protect them. So there are some important points in this passage. Being in verse 10. See, Christ died for us again, yet while we were still sinners. See, we were enemies of God. But yet, Christ, the oh, for us then we are justified we're declared not guilty if you've ever been in front of the court of law you can understand that When that mallet comes down and that judge says, not guilty, and no longer can the trial and the jury persecute you no more. Do you know when the enemy comes against you, Jesus slams down the mallet and says, not guilty. He's bought, she's bought with a price, a high price, a price that was blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. And I stand before the counselors. Oh, God. That's hope at its finest that is hope at its finest then we're saved from the wrath of God did you know God is still a wrathful God people don't like to talk about it but for us we can walk away knowing our hope is found in Christ alone we don't have to go through the wrath we've been justified We've been reconciled. We've been sealed. That's beauty. Beauty in the cross. If he didn't go to the cross, we wouldn't have this. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21 says, For our sake, he made him to be no sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. He made him who knew no sin to become sin. So we could have the righteousness of God. So that we could stand clothed. So that we could be reconciled to God. This is what God created us for in the very first place. To be united with him. To be together with him. And then you had the fall in the garden. And this is why Advent had to come. Because of what happened in the garden. This is why Jesus had to come. Adam and Eve. And all this was done while we were still sinners. I love when you'll hear some people, they'll say, Pastor, I, I can't give my life to the Lord yet because... You know, I've got some issues going on. I'm like, well, you're a prime candidate. You think you can clean yourself up first? Let me know when you do. Because now you're being works-based. You can't. You can't clean up first and come to the cross. You can't do that. You can try all day. But you can't. That's not even biblical, come, come, come. When Jesus did what he did, he had you, my friend, in mind. You say, ain't no way. Well, no, he's all-knowing, all-powerful. He created you and knitted you together in your mother's womb. Yes, he did have you in mind. He knew who you was before the very creation. And why did he do this? Why did he go to the cross? Because God loved us that much to send him there. That's true love. So yes, friends, we need to bring people to the cross. We need to. Because the cross carries the message of God's love. If you recall back a couple weeks ago... We said, John 3 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Then the cross carries the message of forgiveness. Many of us need to work on that, we need to forgive ourselves of some situations and the cross carries the message of forgiveness see the greatest need we have is the need for forgiveness that's the greatest need we have all sinned we all fall short of the glory of God according to Romans chapter 3 and verse 23 where Paul says for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God see sin separates us not only from God but from each other You say, Pastor William, how in the world do you say that? Well, get caught up in your sin. I bet you don't want to be around a brother or sister in Christ. You want to go isolate somewhere. It's, It's just the way it is. We feel like I'm better off alone than going to a brother. I love scripture where it says, confess your sins to one another. Because there's power in that. There's power in numbers. And the problem truly is we all have sin. Every last one of us have sin. Ecclesiastics chapter 7. I love tying Old Testament and New Testament together. It just gets me excited. But Ecclesiastics chapter 7 and verse 20 says, Surely, watch this one. There is not a righteous man on earth who does good and never sins. You say, oh, Pastor William, that's Old Testament. That's gone with the New Testament. Watch this. 1 John chapter 1 and verse 8 says this. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. So not only was it in the old, it was in the new. And guess who that's for? You and me. Amen. We all have sin. Some's bigger than others. Some sin's put on public display. But praise be unto God that he sent Jesus because that slate gets wiped clean gets wiped crystal clean and Jesus' death on that old rugged cross is God's answer to our sin how do I stop sinning? run to the cross how do I get away from this sin? run to the cross go to Jesus I told somebody, I said, brother, I said, it's so hard that when you're about ready to sin, when you start praising the Lord, but you can't just praise him in your mind, praise him out loud. I'm talking about shouting, holler, Hosanna, Hosanna to the highest. The devil's like, would you shut up so I can keep messing with you? See, he's got to flee at the very name of Jesus. He is the king of kings and lord of lords. And I don't care that he was the prince of the power of the air. My Bible says he's the king of kings. And every knee shall bow. Including Lucifer. God's good to us. Man. Looks down and says, William, when you get so ticked off at your kids... Because you gotta act like your child has to dress this certain way because they've not really had this pastor as a dad their whole life, but you wanna put them on display as if you've been a pastor your whole life, but yet you was a wretched sinner. Are you forgetting where you come from, boy? I mean, God took me to the woodshed for that. Many of us do that. We walk around here like I'm some super Christian, and on the inside we're broken. We need to get back to the basics. Get back to the foot of the cross and say, Jesus, will you help me? I need your help. We put these false expectations on each other. Whew. I love it. I love when he rebukes me right out of this pulpit. Because he's a good, good father. Father. They can do that. See, sometimes you think you're writing a sermon for other people and then you look up and wham. You get smacked right there in the face and say, whoo, that was for you. That's because we have a loving father. So loving he sent the blessed hope. Not only does he love us to send us someone, he loves us enough to chastise us. He loves us enough to, hey, kids, listen in on this. Give us a whooping when we need it. Notice I say whooping, not a whipping, a whooping. That's a big hand. Whish, pow, lights you up. Not one of give me your cell phone. No. Lord will light you up. And he's good at it. I love 1 Peter chapter 2 and verses 24 and 25. It says, He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds, this is for someone in here, you have been healed. For you were straying like sheep but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. It reminds me so much of the prodigal. So much of the prodigal. We go astray in the chief shepherd. Come home, sinner, come home. Come home. As I'm rounding third base here, on the night when Jesus was arrested, just a few hours before he was crucified, he had the last supper with his disciples. In Matthew chapter 26 and verse through 27 through 28, it says, And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. See, friends, when we observe the Lord's Supper, we affirm once again that our faith is based upon forgiveness of sins to Jesus Christ. This is why we come to the table. And that forgiveness is possible only because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son. See, if there was no blood shed, there was no sacrifice made. Go back to the Old Testament. They always had to shed blood. I can't wait till Easter. Boy, I love talking about the blood of Christ. I'm jumping up several months. But man. The crimson blood. What washes away my sin? What makes me white as snow? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And on that night. When that whimper. Happened. That first cry, God knew some 33 and a half years later what was going to take place on something like that. He knew. Jesus being fully God, fully man, say he knew. When he stepped down off that throne, he made that transitional stage, and he showed up on the scene. He already knew when he was up there what he was going to do. He already knew it. So again, the message of the cross is a message of forgiveness. And the apostle Paul recognized the importance of the cross and its message. And understood that it was so important that when he came to that pagan city of Corinth. He had nothing better to say, no other message other than that of the cross. And he says that in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 2, where it says, For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Man, Baptist rims, Presbyterian rims, Pentecostal rims, they get caught up in all these secondary issues we need to get back to what Paul said for I don't care to know nothing among you except for Christ and Christ crucified that's all I need to know I'm golden and lastly the cross carries the message of victory John chapter 12 going back to it in verses 31 through 33 now this is the judgment of the world of this world Now will the ruler of this world be cast out? That's that old serpent, ancient of old. And I, being Jesus, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. And he said this to show what kind of death he was going to die. Galatians 6.14 says, but far be it for me to boast except in the Christ of our Lord Jesus Christ by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Paul got it. We need to too. This is why the baby boy was born. This is why he was born. And the world we live in It's such a satanic system. The world is spiritually dead to the believers and the believers are dead to the world. It's a crazy system. But the cross of Jesus marked the defeat of Satan and the ultimate victory of God in time and in eternity. See, at the cross, at that old rugged cross, We see the struggle between God and Satan, between light and darkness, between good and evil. But Jesus Christ prevailed. Good overcame evil. Light overcame darkness. And God defeated Satan. That's how the Holy Spirit shifts. The way that wind just blew. And if He's talking to you this morning, repent. Run. Run as fast as you can to the feet of the blessed hope. Because He's the one, the only Son. Love it. God is good, God is faithful, and God is just. You know, next week we're going to look at it through Mary's eyes. What she had to see. As I said. We're going to work backwards from this. What did that mother. Go through. Going all the way back. To the night of the bright shining star. When the shepherds came. As we get ready to stand and worship. This is a time of response. It's a time that. Now, whether you're watching online or you're here in this room, if you need to make things right with the Lord, this is why we strategically designed the front of this altar the way we did. It was So we could pray, get before a holy God, lay down our burdens and give him all of our cares because that is why Jesus came into the world, so we could cast our cares upon him, so we could give it all to him then we can grab the elements of the Lord's supper. We'll go back and in a few short moments we'll come together as a family and partake in the elements together. But again, this is for born again believers in Christ Jesus. It don't matter if you're a member of Vision of Hope or you're a member wherever as long as you're a member of the body of Christ. The table is open. It is for you. This is why we have the new covenant. This is why he said to do what he did. So dear heavenly father, as we come before you, father in heaven, I pray right now in the mighty name of Jesus that if there be someone that the Holy Spirit of God is talking to, prompting, that they would not feel like they would look foolish, that they could know that they could come to you because that's why you came, was so we could be reconciled To you. This is why we have Advent. This is why we have hope. This is why we have joy. This is why we have peace. This is why we have love because we have you, Christ. We have you. So Father, pour your spirit out upon us. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen, let's stand and worship.